Good morning, and if you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Galatians. And we're going to read from Galatians chapter 1, and verse 11 down to verse 24. Galatians chapter 1. I want you to know, brothers, that the gospel I preached is not something that man made up. I didn't receive it from any man, nor was I taught it. Rather, I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. For you have heard that my previous way of life in Judaism, and how intensely I persecuted the church of God, and tried to destroy it. I was advancing in Judaism beyond, beyond many Jews of my own age, and was extremely zealous for the traditions of my fathers. But when God, who set me apart from birth, and called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his Son in me, so that I might teach him among the Gentiles. I didn't consult any man, nor did I go to Jerusalem to see those who were apostles before I was, but I went immediately to Arabia and later returned to Damascus. Then, after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to get acquainted with Peter and stay with him fifteen days. I saw none of the other apostles, only James, the Lord's brother. I assure you before God that what I am writing to you is no lie. Later, I went to Syria and Cilicia. I was personally unknown to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. They only heard the report. The man who formerly persecuted us is now preaching the faith that he once tried to destroy. And they praise God because of me. Let's just pray as we look at these uh, verses together this morning. Father, we thank you for Paul. We thank you for uh, the work that you gave him to do. And we thank you that we now have these copies of the letters that he wrote to the churches, letters that are applicable to us in our day. And our Father, we pray that you will just encourage us through them and maybe challenge us that we might be uh, faced with the reality of the gospel, the truth of the gospel, and that we might be those who live and show the gospel. And we ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, this letter to the Galatians, you know, both Paul's apostleship and the validity of the gospel are being challenged by the people who are coming into the church, teaching that in order to be saved, you have to earn your salvation by working for it. In their case, suggesting that Jesus' sacrifice was not enough. And saying that those who are trusting in the full price of salvation that's been paid when Jesus took their place as a sinner on the cross, then they're being told that they must conform to the rabbinical uh, rabbinical liturgy of Judaism. And that if they didn't do that, then they they were being told that they would not be saved from God's final judgment. And Galatians chapter 1, we looked at this last week, and uh, verse 5, Paul defends his apostleship as he says, I am an apostle, and I'm sent by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised Jesus from the dead. And that if you are trusting in that, then your salvation is secure. And he goes on to say in verse 6 and 9 of that chapter, He's telling them, as we've all 
basically saying, as I've already said, so now I'm saying it again. If anyone is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let them be under God's curse. And then he says in verse 10, I'm not a popular speaker who only says what people want to hear. I speak the truth. Now, Paul will continue in his letter to back up these statements that he's made. Paul has things to say that he wants the Galatian Christians, notice it's the Christians he's speaking to here, he wants the Galatian Christians to not only hear what he's saying, but to know the truth of what he's saying. So let's have a look at verse 11 through to verse 12. The gospel is from God. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel I preached is not of human origin. In other words, the gospel is not something that a man has thought up or has contrived. It's not artificial. Paul wants them to know that the gospel is the result of divine revelation. It's of God. And then he goes on, he says, I didn't receive it from any man, nor was I taught it. Rather, I received it by the revelation from Jesus Christ. See, the good news is from Jesus. The good news is Jesus. The good news is in what Jesus has done. And it's all of God. This is what God said about Jesus. This is in Mark chapter 1 verse 11. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. What did Jesus say? Well, John 14 verse 6, Jesus said of himself, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. What did Paul say about Jesus? Well, he said many things, but let's just look at the one that he said in his letter to the Ephesians, Ephesians 2 verse 8. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. What about John the Apostle? Because he tells us about what Jesus said. And here's one thing that he said from John 5 verse 24, Very truly I tell you, whoever hears my voice and believes in him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged, but has crossed over from death to life. Now Paul and Barnabas had taken this good news of salvation through the death and resurrection of Jesus to these Galatians, resulting in churches being established during what was their first missionary journey. But time has passed, and others have come into the church, criticising Paul and distorting the gospel message. So Paul will tell them in his own words how he received the gospel. So verses 13 through to 16, Paul did have... A check had passed. And they know about this. They would have been told about this. 
probably not the complete truth. So listen to what Paul says in verse 13 down to verse 16. If you have heard of my previous way of life in Judaism, how intensely I persecuted the church of God and tried to destroy it, I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people and was extremely zealous for the traditions of my fathers. But when God set me apart from my mother's womb and called me by his grace was pleased to reveal his son to me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles, my immediate, re my immediate response was not to consult any human being. You see, Paul, who was then known as Saul, was the most promising young Jew in Jerusalem, a man with a desire to please God by attempting to stamp out Christianity. And he did this with the authority that had been given to him by the Sanhedrin. Saul, a young man who was held in high esteem by the Jews, a young man with a future at Ahead of him, a future of fame and popularity. What greater opportunity could anyone in his day have other than the authority of the most powerful group of men in Jerusalem? That was Paul. The answer is for him to have the authority of God. An authority that is not given by religious leaders, not given by politicians, not granted by governments, world leaders or kings, but an authority given by the one who is the king of kings. If any authority from man conflicts with God, then God's authority will override it and it will outrank it. We can go to Matthew 22, verse 21, and Jesus said this. He said, when they asked him, they gave him a coin and said, whose coin is this? And he looked at it and he replied and he said to them, give back to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. You see, Caesar's image was on the coin. And what Jesus was saying, yes, obey the authorities. But more important than that, it's God's authority that you must obey. And Romans 13 verse 1, Paul said this to the letter that he wrote to the church in Rome. Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. And we see that when we go to John chapter 19. When he is consulted by Pilate and in the short discussion that they had, and when Pilate said that he had the authority over Jesus, Jesus answered, you would have no power over me 
if it were not given to you from above. Therefore, the one who handed me over to you is guilty of a greater sin. You see, these things are against the authority of God. In Matthew chapter 28, then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. This is the authority that Paul had to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. And he's telling these Christians in Galatia that this is where his authority came from. Paul preached the gospel by the authority of God. And in those words that we read from this letter to the Galatians that we've looked at this morning, what do we see? We see this. We see that God set Paul apart. We see that it was God who called Paul. We see that it was at a time when he least deserved it. He was in the process of arresting Christians, having them thrown into prison, maybe even killed. And it pleased God that he would do this, that he would give this man Paul the authority to take the gospel to the Gentiles. This is the gospel at work in Paul's life. And this is how the gospel had been worked out in the lives of the Galatians. But now they were being tempted to abandon it and to look towards something that wasn't the gospel. You know, the gospel is at work in your life and my life. The good news of Jesus is being revealed to us. God, by the work of his Holy Spirit, is calling us to him. And when we know that we are sinners and when we know that we don't deserve it, that's when we realize it's by the grace of God and it's by the power of the cross. And when we come to God through what Jesus has done, it pleases God and it pleases him to accept us as part of his family. And part of the call for us is to please God because of what he has done for us. This is where good works comes into play. And in Paul's case, it was for him to take the gospel to the Gentiles. And when you look at the life of Paul, the complete life of Paul, who better to do it than this man? A man who God had chosen, a man who God has prepared and equipped, this man, the Apostle Paul. In Paul's own words, God has called me so that he could reveal his son in me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles. Let's go on to verse 17 through to 20. And we see that the same gospel that the that, that, that Paul is, is, is preaching is the same gospel that the apostles have been preaching in Jerusalem after the death of Jesus and after the resurrection of Jesus and after his ascension. But unlike the other apostles who were also Jews but who were not experienced in Judaism, but who had spent three years being taught by Jesus, and who were commissioned by Jesus 
to preach the gospel. And when they did this, this is what the Jewish leaders said about them. And this is a verse from Acts chapter 4, it's verse 13. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realised that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Notice that. They took note that these men had been with Jesus. Now, Paul was not one of them, but as a Jew, he became an expert in the scriptures under the guidance of Gamaliel, the greatest teacher in the land, greatest teacher of the law. And he was honoured and revered by all the people. But it wasn't Gamaliel that taught Paul the gospel. He taught him the scriptures, and the gospel is in the scriptures. But Gamaliel didn't teach Paul the gospel. But he did teach him about the scriptures, a knowledge that would later be used to the glory of God. Now the words of Paul in this chapter 1 in verse 15, but when God, who set me apart from my mother's womb and called me by his grace. What does Paul mean there? We saw the life of Paul before he became a Christian. But Paul is saying that God had set him apart right from the beginning. You see, God had his hand on Paul from the beginning. And it was Jesus who taught Paul the gospel. Jesus introduced himself to Paul. God works in mysterious ways. And Paul was experiencing this. And, and he would later say in his letter to the Ephesians, this is Ephesians 1 verse 9 and 10. Paul said, and he's speaking about God, he, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he purposed in Christ to put into effect when the times reached the fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. You know, we see this right through the Bible. God can even take those bad things and use them to his glory. And God was at work in the life of Paul. Now we can read all about Paul's conversion as he travelled on the road to Damascus, and that's in Acts chapter 9. But this morning, just a couple of verses from that chapter to help us as we go through this letter to the Galatians. This is Acts 9. I'm just going to read verse 5 and 6. This is what is said there. And this is... Paul on the road to Damascus, who was then called Saul. Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now, get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. You see, Jesus is leading Paul here. So back to this letter of the Galatians, as Paul tells us things that will show us that he has the right to be an apostle and that he was right when he said at the start of his letter that he was not sent from man, 
nor by a man, but by Jesus. So verse 17. I didn't go to Jerusalem to see those who were apostles before I was, but I went into Arabia. Later I returned to Damascus. You see, Paul is referring here to the apostles, and he's referring to the fact that they were apostles before he became an apostle, again establishing his apostleship. But after his conversion, he didn't go back to Jerusalem. So how could the other apostles have been the ones who called him or sent him to preach the gospel? In fact, what he did, he went to Arabia and stayed there for about three years. Now, we don't have any details of those three years, but we know that Jesus had said that he would show Paul what to do. And remember, I mentioned that Jesus had been with the other apostles for three years. And what did he do during those three years? He taught them, he led them, he instructed them, he prepared them for what was ahead. Now, although we don't know what happened to Paul during those three years in Arabia, but it's not unreasonable to say that during that time, Jesus would have been preparing him, preparing him for his commission to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. Three years. It's uh, very interesting, isn't it, that most of the courses that we have, like university courses, teaching courses, they're for a period of three years. Back to our passage. Remember, Paul had a great knowledge of the Scriptures. And just like us, that knowledge of itself does not save us. But it does, by the work of the Holy Spirit, reveal Jesus to us so that we might know and understand the Gospel. Let's move on, verse 18 through to 24, as we draw towards the end of this first chapter, verse 18 through to 24. Then after three years I went up to Jerusalem to get acquainted with Cephas, that is Peter, and stayed with him fifteen days. I saw none of the other apostles, only James the Lord's brother. I assure you before God that what I am writing to you is no lie. Then I went to Syria and Cilicia. I was personally unknown to the churches in Judea that are in Christ. They only heard the reports. The man who formerly persecuted us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy. And they praised God because of me. The other apostles at this point in Paul's life that he's telling us about only knew Paul by reputation. But what they had heard about him caused them to praise God. You see, it wasn't the apostles who commissioned Paul. It was no man. It wasn't men. It was God. And Paul said, by them knowing what he was doing, what did they do? It caused them to praise God. God, not praise Paul, to acknowledge what Paul was doing, to see the value of what Paul was doing, but 
that caused them to praise God. You see, what Paul was doing wasn't for his own gratification. It was to the glory of God. This is what he's getting over to these Christians in Galatia. You know, as we do come to a close, when you hear someone teaching from the Word of God, the important thing is that it's not the man who is doing the preaching that's important. It is the message. And the message is from God's Word. And the message should be the message of what God is saying and what Jesus is saying. Back to that verse in John 14, verse 6. This is what Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The way to the Father for the sinner and what all sinners is through the door that Jesus opened when he gave his life on the cross for you and for me. And when we come to God in true repentance, we come in the power of what Jesus did when he died on the cross. And the acceptance of God is shown in the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. God was pleased. The work was done. His work was finished. Nothing, nothing needed to be added to that. And nothing should be added to that. But that's what some of these people are doing in the church of Galatia. And that's what people do, sadly, here in churches today. People who claim to preach the gospel. And when you put it against the authority of God, you see, as Paul saw, that what they're preaching is no gospel at all. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the work that Jesus did when he died on the cross. And the sufficiency of that was that it was possible for all sinners to be saved. But the truth of it is, only those who come in true repentance and who come to you by the power of the cross will be saved. This is the true gospel. And our Father, we help. We, we ask that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you will help us to understand this. And if anybody is listening to this who does not understand that, we pray, I just pray that they will come to you and, and, and seek, seek your forgiveness and will come in acceptance of what Jesus has done by the power of the blood that he shed on the cross for us. Our Father, we ask these things in his precious and worthy name. Amen.